are now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. I am thankful that we have people listening and from all over the United States and all over the world, especially the European Union and uh, nations in Asia and many other places. We, we have a very large outreach, despite the fact that we're in a continuous war against censorship, against the computer bots that rig uh, the numbers concerning how many people are watching or following or listening or liking your social media. You know, I had the privilege, and I'm thankful to God, that I, he led me in my research. That's the secret that I've benefited from all these years uh, of being able to make very precise projections of what was going to happen in the future. Now, the foundation for those predictions, and I, I don't like that word, but the foundation for those predictions was a solid commitment to logical, rational research, the true scientific method, which demands empirical evidence before you would dare come up with a theory or attempt to prove a theory, such as the case in the theory of evolution, which is a farce. It's a complete Mickey Mouse cartoon in black and white running backwards. And, and for men to say that they're scientists and to uh, pontificate as if the theory of evolution was even remotely, even remotely possible, uh, is such an outrageous farce that if you, didn't, if you didn't have totalitarian control behind the scenes, censoring everything, you would have hundreds of thousands of people, knowledgeable people, standing up and shouting at the top of their lungs regarding the theory of evolution that the emperor has no clothes. Because evolution is, you know, it blows my mind. I wanted to be a scientist when I was a young kid. You know that story. It's in Power From On High, the detailed story of how back way before the Internet, uh, I had to go to the local public library or bookstores, and I would devour books on all the different sciences, especially physics and uh, nuclear physics and oceanography and, and many other fields. And then I would devour all the biographies of the great scientists, because you see, I had this passionate desire to be a scientist, so I wanted to learn not only science, because I, I loved science back then. I, I wanted to uh, learn science, but I also wanted to learn, not from some go-between in, in the public educational system that would dilute, pollute uh, science, which they did when, when I began to move up into the higher grades, still in the, in the high school range. Uh, and uh, I, my, my experiences being taught science by a New York City public school science teacher were so horrific, and so uh, just, it was a nightmare. The, the guy took a guy, me, who loved science, who breathed science, morning, noon, and night, and by the time I had finished my semester with him, I was so disgusted uh, with the subject that I lost all passion uh, for pursuing science as a career. See, that's the problem. When you deliberately dumb down the educational system, through social engineering, which has been done, you, you serve your students who may be hungry for truth and hungry for knowledge, but when they keep coming into the public school cafeteria to eat food that has no nutrition and it doesn't taste good, 
Well, guess what happens? You, you, you block the, the flow of people wanting to go to the cafeteria. In the same way that occurs in any particular subject matter, whether it's mathematics or whether it's English literature or philosophy or accounting or business or whatever it is, if you are being taught by passionless teachers who, who don't have passion for the subject, they shouldn't be teaching it. And then if they, if they only repeat like robots the politically correct answers, which was the case when they first, you know, I was raised, as you know, in an atheistic household. I was raised in a secular humanist household. I was raised in a transhumanist household. I was raised as an existentialist. So my early childhood input was not religious. I thought Christianity was a religion for losers. I tell my whole story in Power from on High. I thought it was a religion for losers, because that's what my parents taught me. And I thought, consequently, even though I didn't really understand how evolution worked, uh, to me, I believed in it, because I had, like most people, I was conditioned and brainwashed to just believe it, apart from reason or rational thinking. So the thing is that uh, I didn't come, you know, so many, the, the attacks against Christians and Christianity always seem to allude to the mythology that, well, gee, the reason people believe in the biblical account of creation and, and don't, don't accept evolution is because their religious, fundamentalist Christian parents brainwash them. Horse pucky. That's a bunch of you-know-what, because my parents taught me the exact opposite. And so I went in biased against the creation account, and I was totally sold at that time on the uh, evolution account. And as I say in my book, Power from on High, and my other books, um, the epiphany in my understanding and the development of a worldview was when I read in third grade two books. Brave New World by Aldous Huxley and 1984 by George Orwell, both which depicted futuristic totalitarian regimes that were run by a scientific dictatorship. Ironically, it's those same two books that the the second right-hand guy of the World Economic Forum, I was listening to him on a video talking about his childhood, and it's ironic. He, at the present tense, is a militant atheist and globalist. Uh, and transhumanist. And he said the two pivotal books in his life were Brave New World and uh, 1984 by George Orwell. I thought that was very interesting because we both were exposed to those books. They, they both went off in our consciousness like a stick of dynamite. But for me, it propelled me into a biblical worldview. And to him, uh, I don't know what he was beforehand, but it propelled him into a humanist worldview where he believes in evolution. And so the problem with believing in evolution is it's completely irrational. It's, a, it's what Dr. Francis Schaeffer called an upper-story leap, and he defined an upper-story leap as when a scientist, a philosopher, a thinker, an educator, or whoever decides to adopt a belief system apart from adequate logic, adequate uh, scientific proof, adequate philosophical proof. When a person just takes, in Schaefer's words, an upper story leap. An upper story leap is when you're walking down the road of life and then, for no rational reason, for only a purely irrational reason, 
you take an upper story leap. You just leap from logic to uh, mysticism. And that's what evolution is. It's a mystical, occultic, religious belief system that has no scientific proof to back it up. And so that's very hard for people to come to terms with for the same reason. It's very hard right now for millions and millions of people in America and around the world. It's, it's very difficult for them to come to terms with the factual nature of our reality. You see, instead of knowing the facts, the history, the logic, the reason for why we are where we are in human history and why things are going badly for us, instead of doing the logical, rational homework and, and actually coming up with a factual analysis that would begin to discover the truth for you, what we have is hundreds of millions of people on planet Earth who have been indoctrinated, brainwashed, subjected to social engineering. And who were the people, the hidden elite, the invisible elite, the globalist elite? Who were they? What were their names who were secretly operating behind the scenes for the last 100, 200 years uh, in, in this mass indoctrination, which is nothing more than a leap, an up, what Schaefer called an upper story leap from uh, from a mystic, to, to embrace mysticism apart from logic, which is what evolution is. Well, it turns out it's the same gang of thieves over and over again. The elite that promoted evolution globally were the intellectual, financial, scientific, philosophical, political power figures of Europe. In other words, to cut to the chase, the Illuminati bloodline families and those that they control. And, and under the Illuminati bloodline families and those that they control, that would encompass the Huxley brothers. And I, I go through this in my book, in, in uh, A Prophecy of the Future of America. You, you do the genealogy of the Huxley family, and it is an elite globalist family. And one of Huxley's, it was either Huxley's grandfather, or something along that line. He was known in Great Britain at the time that uh, Charles Darwin was promoting his theory of evolution. Uh, Huxley's forefathers in his family line, they, he was known as Darwin's bulldog because of the Huxley family's aggressive defense of Darwinian evolution apart from reason. So they had a vested interest for promoting uh, evolution and what was their interest? What were, what was their payoff? Their payoff was that they had already bought into an occultic, Luciferian, Dionysian, uh, occultic, mystical worldview that was vehemently anti-Christian, and as such, they had to destroy every vestige of what could be called the Christian narrative in America and Europe and across the world. And the, the, the scientific methodology that they use to, to uh, brainwash millions of people and get millions of people to reject their Christian faith was to attack Christianity for, quote, not being scientifically true. And then they made up the theory of evolution based on no facts 
and pointed to Darwin's theory of evolution and said, hey, look, there's your proof that the Bible and the creation account of creation by a biblical god is, is a fairy tale, and the truth is Darwin's theory of evolution. So again, the Huxleys were, were secretly behind this global initiative. That's why the, the pattern, the blueprint, the model for the globalist elite regarding the construction of a digital totalitarian society is Huxley's book, Brave New World. And then uh, um, that was written by uh, Aldous Huxley, who also wrote books on the scientific dictatorship. And his brother, Julian Huxley, ironically, which I talk about in, in several of my books, like A Prophecy of the Future of America, Power from on High, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. Julian Huxley is or was the father of transhumanism, and Julian Huxley became head of the United Nations organization called UNESCO, and UNESCO is the UN's global educational, scientific, uh, educational organization, which uh, is designed to get all the worlds and all the different nations' educational content on the same page, which means to teach secular humanism, to systematically destroy Christianity, to destroy any notion of an absolute right or an absolute wrong, to destroy the traditional family unit, to destroy patriotism, to promote globalism, because they're the globalist elite. You see, these are all conspirators, and that's a good word to use because it is an invisible conspiracy. So that's what's really going on, and that's why people think they're being logical and rational, as I did. But thank God I woke up, and I I woke up because I had a supernatural encounter with Jesus Christ fleeing from a denominational Christian religious retreat about an hour and a half outside the University of Missouri in the middle of dirt roads and cornfields. I went there to be exposed to Christianity, to ask questions, to hear testimonies, etc. And when I got there, I literally saw my worst fears being played out in front of my face. I saw a three-ring evangelical religious circus with the clowns and everything else. And all these people did. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating this at all. I cannot remember any discussion about Jesus and the Bible, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, except for the questions that I would ask with hair down to my, below my shoulders and, you know, looking like a counterculture hippie. They all looked like fraternity boys and sorority girls. And it was icy cold in there in terms of there was no room to talk about God or the Word of God, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I said to myself, this is the first time I've ever gone to a Christian religious retreat. I'm not going to waste my time. So whether they're going to talk about Jesus in the Bible or not, I am, because I'm here to find out answers. And so every time I raise my hand, and my people skills are, are, are very high, so I didn't come at this from some awkward standpoint. But every time I raise my hand and, and dared to, to, to move into a question, any serious no, any question at all about the Bible, Christianity, the resurrection, heaven and hell, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, being born again, anytime I ventured into that area, they changed the subject, because their goal for that get-together was essentially, I'm sure there were exceptions, but the people that were dominating this, this event 
uh, it was simply a social event for the guys and girls who were like lukewarm Christians to get together and, you know, I'm using their terminology, not mine, to get together and make out and play this game, Spin the Bottle, which is a very immature game where you spin the bottle and you end up kissing somebody and stuff. So they were making out and kissing. And I'm yawning my head off because, you see, I'm either all in or I'm all out. I'm not lukewarm. I've never been lukewarm. I never will be lukewarm. And so when I saw this, I realized, you know, these people are not interested in God. They're here. And I said to myself, if I wanted to just make out and all the rest of that stuff, I, I would go all the way like I used to as someone in the world, somebody who partied heavily. And I think most of you know what I mean. And in, in that world, rebelling from God, I was all in. I wouldn't play some lame game like spin the bottle or uh, carry over from Believe It to Beaver era. That's not, that's not what I would do. So anyway, I got out of there, and I, I, fl- I, I literally fled from the place uh, and hitchhiked back, and a series of miracles happened to me. You could read that account, Power from on High. So the point was, these people had no, no hunger, no desire for God. And on top of that, they had no rational, logical explanation or answer about God. It just—it was just, you know, it's what I see a lot of today. And even after all these disasters have rocked the world and rocked America, I see this, this zombie land church, not all of it, but a disturbing percentage, where the people are content to walk around in a trance state. Um, that's not biblical Christianity. Anyway, I realized that things like evolution, when you actually study them, see, they, they try to intimidate you by bluffing, and, and most people buy the bluff, and they're intimidated because the people promoting evolution are throwing around, you know, very fancy words that sound very scientific, and because many people come from a weak intellectual background, they're intimidated by their vocabulary. And so they just give in and accept it. But if you actually challenge it and, and use your logical mind, it becomes very obvious very quickly <clears throat> that there is no st- st- statistical way possible that evolution could have ever been true. So the, the truth of the matter is that all of us, every person born on planet Earth, is here by the design and will of the infinite personal living God of the universe, the biblical God, the Creator, capital C. So everyone on planet Earth since the beginning was designed by God to be born into the family they were born in, to be born in the nation or geographic area they were born in. They were downloaded with particular talents and abilities, etc., etc. That is the truth. Now, what that truth inevitably produces in anyone who understands the truth regarding their existence, regarding the true nature of creation, which in summary simply means that you know that you're here by design, by God's divine plan, and that there is a Creator God, capital C, and you know that you're here by the plan and design of God. Now, that the, the globalists and the Huxleys, etc., want to hide that truth from you. Because you see, when people understand the actual truth of why they're here on planet Earth and that their lives have a purpose, once they cross over that bridge, once they understand that, 
it creates what can only be described as a spiritual, philosophical, theological, and intellectual revolution in the minds and hearts of every person. Because you see, it changes your entire worldview. It, it changes your entire perception of your reality. You realize you're not here by random chance. You realize you're not here by evolutionary accident, which brings you to the place that you must recognize on the basis of logic, reason, philosophy, science, and theology, you must recognize a fundamental fact. And that fundamental fact is that you are here by the design and plan of an intelligent God. And therefore, there, there is a God behind the absolute right and absolute wrong. There's a God behind the design of the family. There's a God behind creation and, and all these different uh, hot-button issues in our culture and our world. And this God is the creator. Now, that, that in and of itself, I mean, if you even just begin to daydream after knowing those truths, that, it, they, that, that your daydreams, your thinking, your mental processing of that truth will become so revolutionary, it will affect, impact, and transform every area of your life. Now, the problem is, though, when you get into that territory, you're getting into the area where the rubber meets the road. You're getting into the area because now you know the truth, and the truth sets you free. So now you're getting into the area where the fact and reality of the existence of the Supreme Being is fully evident, and you recognize life is not, as the existentialists say, life is not absurd. Life has a plan, reason, a rationale behind it. And so when you begin to move in concert with those truths, it changes your behavior, changes your morality, it changes how high you can go, how much you can produce, how much you can create, how much you can invent. It revolutionizes your life and lifestyle on multiple levels, and all of the radical transformational changes that begin to occur in your human personality after you discover the truth that there is a biblical God, it literally sets you free at every dimension of your life. And you then become, you go through a metamorphosis, and you then become everything you were created to be. But you see, the globalist elite do not want that, because once upon a time on planet Earth, there was an original man and an original woman, Adam and Eve, who were called by God, created by God, to be the king and queen of planet Earth, to rule and reign planet Earth. And the only thing God essentially required of them was that they were not supposed to eat from the fruit of the tree in the noble garden. As we know, the Bible says they disobeyed God, the fall of man occurred, and they became powerless. And then Lucifer, embodying the serpent of old, became the temporary god of this world. And then Lucifer continued to seduce with the wiles of the devil. Uh, he began to gather for himself uh, one-third of the fallen angels to join in his rebellion against God. And he began to gather to himself uh, millions and millions and millions of people who would then begin to serve and worship Lucifer as God. And that's where we are right now. We're in the last days where this giant cosmic saga is about to wrap up. And that's why 
you have to recognize that regarding this fight between good and evil, it's obvious to anybody who uses discernment that the, that the, the nature of the spiritual battle that we're in is accelerating at a very rapid rate. Everything is accelerating. Why is everything accelerating? Because time, as we know it, is coming to an end. Now, why would time, as we know it, be coming to an end? Time, as we know it, is coming to an end because we're approaching what the Bible calls the last days, or the end of the age. Now, in the final part of the last days and the end of the age, the the dimension of time will no longer rule over us because part of what happens when you're born again or saved is that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and ask for forgiveness from your sins, you become an eternal being. An eternal being is timeless. You will enter the kingdom of heaven in a brand new glorified body, which is ageless, which does not age. And so you are free from the law of sin and death, in which time keeps you as a prisoner. And so you're going to go beyond time when you're saved, and you get a brand new glorified body that is immortal, and you will live forever with God, who is Jesus Christ. You will live for all eternity. You won't age, you won't get sick, and you won't die. You will be beyond space and time. And that when that happens, God, this, this time period that we've been in ends, and eternity begins. And Lucifer, who has led uh, an invisible spiritual revolution or coup d'etat against God, his days are going to abruptly come to an end when Jesus Christ returns to earth at the second coming, along with the armies of heaven. And Jesus will defeat, finally, Lucifer, the Antichrist, the false prophet, all those that uh, swore to serve Lucifer, uh, all those who received the mark of the beast technology, and all those that rejected God's free offer of salvation in Jesus Christ, they will be sent into the lake of fire, also known as hell, for all eternity. Whereas all those who chose to receive God's free offer of salvation in Christ will spend all eternity in the new heaven, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. And time is accelerating because this event is about to happen in the relatively near future. Now, when I say the relatively near future, I don't have, and I'm not going to make the mistake of setting a specific timetable. All I can tell you is that it is obvious that if you've studied the Bible on Bible prophecy and the book of Revelation and the Gospel of Matthew, etc., it's obvious that the signs of the times that Jesus Christ warned about that would occur in the last days, these signs of the times are exploding before our very eyes in an accelerated manner as never before. So we are seeing the prophecies of earthquakes and droughts and freak weather and wars and rumors of wars and the prophecies of ethnic conflict or racial conflict, which uh, stems from the word ethnos, which can sometimes be translated as nations. So racial conflict, uh, 
nation against nation, freak weather, uh, false Christs claiming to be Jesus Christ. All of these things begin to accelerate. And then finally, what God warns about, beginning in the book of Genesis, beginning in the book of Genesis with the account of the ancient city of Babylon at the time of the building of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babylon, ancient Babylon, in that time period, was the world's first one-world government, one-world religion, and one-world economic system, commonly known as the New World Order. That New World Order has been Lucifer's plan for thousands and thousands of years. Now, that New World Order is rising right before our very eyes, except they simply gave it a new name to camouflage it. So they, they, they are currently calling this New World Order the Great Reset. But the Great Reset is the, the coming together of a one-world government, one-world religion, and one-world economic system, and the critical technology that will be presented to the human race very soon is the, they will try, the globalist elite will try to get millions of people to accept what the Bible calls the mark of the beast, which will be a nanochip implant, a DNA chip implant, uh, a neural implant, uh, a microchip implant, or various wireless technologies, which, can, which will turn you into a transmitter and a broadcaster and you will be plugged into a world brain and a hive mind. And you will not, as the Bible says, you will not be able to buy or sell or healthcare or anything else unless you choose to reject Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then you choose to uh, accept um, the worship of the Antichrist as God. That's a heavy decision. But look at the behavior patterns of people all over the world and in America when the vaccination was rolled out. Now, one can be very compassionate and understanding about that, because for many people, there were severe negative consequences and threats to their livelihood, to their jobs, to their future, to all kinds of things. If they didn't comply with, with an act, uh, which is in the courts right now for a lot of companies, this may, you don't hear it from the mainstream media because the mainstream media is in the pocket. Big Pharma, but there's major lawsuits going on all over the place. It's just being covered up. So these are the things that are happening in, in our time period, and none of them are random chance events. All of these things were predicted by God in the Bible, in the prophetic passages of the Bible, beginning thousands and thousands of years ago. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I urge you to get a copy of the book I'm holding in my hand. A Prophecy of the Future of America. It deals with these subjects and more. Uh, also, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, um, Power from on High, and other books I have for you now at a discount, a big discount now, if you order now, by going to paulmcguire.us. This helps keep our ministry going and helps us to expand our outreach. Um, also, if you feel led, you can donate or make a donation to this ministry in Paradise Mountain Church International by simply going to paulmcguire.us. Okay, I'm Paul McGuire. We'll be back in just a moment. You are listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire, where truth is the primary focus of the program, not opinion, truth. And truth is based on what's really true or factual evidence. 
One of the hardest things it is for people to do is break through the ceiling in their minds or their brains. To break through the ceiling, which a ceiling in your brain is like an artificial barrier that covers the top of your brain. And in in my usage of the term, I'm taking liberties, of course, that you give your mind over to an artificial ceiling of consciousness. What do I mean by an artificial ceiling of consciousness? Well, I'm sitting in the studio of the Paul McGuire Report, and there are walls, and there are windows, and there's a floor. But then when I look up, I see a large ceiling, and it's X amount of feet high. Now, because there's a large ceiling there, that's as far as you can go, unless you want to completely like remodel your house and hire a contractor or whatever. That's as far as you can go in terms of putting things there or using, using the space that is really beyond, up and above the ceiling. So the ceiling becomes an artificial barrier, of, if you will, an artificial barrier. Now, when I, when I talk about a ceiling in the minds of people, what I'm referring to is the fact that you can program people and limit their ability to expand their own God-given consciousness. You can program people so that they will only think within the confines of, of what I call a tiny box mentality. And you can also program people uh, to never think or question beyond the artificial ceiling uh, that prevents them from going beyond um, the traditional or so-called normal thinking patterns, as if the so-called normal thinking patterns were in fact true. They're not true. They're completely arbitrary. They're completely man-made. Now, in addition to that, when you study and read books written by powerful sources, by men and women who transformed and engineered the world to be what it has come to be today, you recognize that our reality that we live in, our world that we live in, is, just didn't happen by accident. Every part of it, the technology in it, all the systems in our world or reality, have come about through the design and power largely of a secretive and hidden globalist elite that has been here since after Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden. So you cannot understand reality unless you're willing to think beyond the ceiling or to think beyond the artificial barriers of that tiny little box of thinking, which is what most people, most people live their lives and utilize their perception from inside the confines of that tiny little box, or limit their thinking to whatever height the ceiling in their minds may be, which precludes and blocks them from discovering truth at its highest and most powerful levels. You see, that's what Jesus Christ meant when he said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If you really know the truth, if you really know the truth, I'm not talking about fake, counterfeit, nutra-sweet, artificial sweetener Christianity truth. That's a counterfeit of the truth. And because it is a counterfeit of the truth, it is powerless. Because power 
only come, the power to transform, the power to heal, the power to love, the power to share the light of Jesus Christ, that all comes from a knowledge and a receiving of the actual truth. The byproduct is it releases a powerful spiritual power from your inner man or woman into the reality that we live in. But if you are, if your Christianity is a counterfeit Christianity, which is disturbingly largely the case in America and around the world, you don't have people who know the truth. You have people who know the counterfeit truth in the sense of you're eating something like a pie or whatever, home-baked pie, and that's not sugar, and I'm not here to argue whether sugar or not is good for you. It's largely not good for you. But, it, but, it, but it's not even sugar that you're eating as a sweetener. The big uh, uh, food companies have created artificial sweeteners like NutraSweet and many other chemicals that many scientists believe or allege are, are very dangerous to your mind, your brain, your IQ, and your health. And so what we have in America is we don't have, for the most part, a genuine, authentic, biblical Christianity, which produces power and sets people free. What we have instead is a counterfeit Christianity, which is powerless or tasteless, like NutraSweet and these other artificial chemical sweeteners. So what we want is, is truth, because Jesus Christ said it's only when you know the truth that you will be set free. And again, that's because knowing the true truth releases enormous spiritual power. Now, that means you've got to know the truth about America from its beginning. It means you have to know the truth at the present moment about the nature of the world system that we live in. And I'm talking about specifically copping out, chickening out, running from the truth, hiding, and all the other things that people do, especially Christians, to avoid uh, radically encountering the true truth. All of that produces a powerlessness, a fear, and a shrinking of your intelligence and your consciousness. And so the net result is it's not good for you. Now, what triggers an authentic biblical revival, or what triggers an authentic biblical spiritual law-abiding and peaceful revolution in societies and cultures is when the true truth of the Bible is taught and received. And the true truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is taught and received. When those categories of true truth are received, or or people know them as truths, it produces power. The power to change, the power to overthrow the armies of darkness, the power to disrupt the stranglehold on our society, families, nation, employment, health care, trade, and economics. It lights up the spiritual darkness, and it lets people see clearly that this world and our nation is largely run by a very real Luciferian elite that is manipulating the nature of our reality through a mixture of science, occultism, Luciferian technologies, uh, fallen angel technology, and what is called alchemical magic. I've talked to you about alchemical magic many times before, and you can read about it in my book, uh, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind, as well as A Prophecy of the Future of America. 
So the globalist elite gained their power by making an individual and collective alliance with Satan. And Satan bestowed upon uh, the, the Luciferian elite, the Illuminati bloodlines, he bestowed upon them all kinds of advanced sciences, technology, uh, occult formulas that are very advanced, and often they are um, things that are considered science fiction-like technologies and sciences. But that is to make a serious error when you dismiss the existent technology being utilized and employed by the globalist elite or the Luciferian elite by saying it's not so and it doesn't exist. You are behaving and acting very foolishly because the fact of the matter is, in our world today, which God created, there exists the followers of Satan, the Illuminati bloodline families, and they were instructed by Lucifer and and the fallen angels in how to construct fallen angel technology, uh, occult-based sciences, occult-based information. And this goes all the way back to when the fallen angels descended upon Mount Hermon near uh, Israel. And when the fallen angels descended upon Mount Hermon near Israel, they gave to mankind on Mount Hermon all kinds of fallen angel technology all kinds of supernatural, occultic powers and insights. They gave women the the understanding of the occult use of makeup, and I'm not saying that the the usage of makeup by women is universally and 100% occultic. I'm not saying that, so don't twist my words. But you have to remember that uh, the fallen angels did. They were the first entities to teach human women uh, how to use makeup. So all that tells us is that makeup, to put it in its simplest terms, makeup is a is a form of a creative technology that can be used for good or evil based on a sliding scale. And by that I mean it's it's fully appropriate in my opinion to use makeup, a woman to use makeup uh, to enhance her beauty, to conceal uh, whatever she wants to conceal in terms of aging lines or, or whatever. That's her business. Okay, That is not in any shape or form some kind of egregious sin before God. In fact, I don't even think it's a sin. I think it's like using your head. Now, on the other hand, if you you take makeup and you use makeup or, or, or the way you dress and other things to ramp up a kind of hypersexuality that you generate, or you use it to activate, uh, you, you, if you deliberately and strategically use the creative usage of makeup to uh, activate uh, high degrees of sexual lust in men or whatever you're trying to attract, then I would say you're using makeup uh, in the wrong sense. So it requires discernment, it requires measurement, and it requires using uh, the mind of Christ in terms of makeup. That's all. It's just like driving a car. If you're responsible, you will use it responsibly. If you are into getting or trapping a man or seducing a man for power or for whatever, then you'll probably be tempted to use makeup to to invoke a hypersexuality or project the illusion of a hypersexuality. Um, but it is interesting that it was the fallen angels that first gave the the craft, 
and uh, it's not a pun, but it's an interesting choice of words, uh, the craft and art of using makeup. And no, I'm not saying that all usage of makeup is witchcraft, but it could be. It depends where you are on the continuum. Now, they also gave man musical abilities, uh, the ability to create technology, the ability to form different metals, the ability to use herbs and other technologies for medical reasons. Um, the fallen angels gave all kinds of sciences and technologies and tools and teachings on supernatural power and how to use and activate supernatural power. The fallen angels gave that to men when they landed, well, not when they, well maybe they did land, when they descended upon Mount Hermon. And um, the, the critical thing to understand here is, is that the fallen angels understood that technology exists, science exists, and from the earliest days, the blending of science, technology, and occult powers is, is a higher level understanding of the, innate, the nature of invisible spiritual power. And so in my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, I, I deal with this in a fast-moving way, as is the case in Power from on High, and as is the case in my book, The Greatest Battle. So here, in A Prophecy of the Future of America, and you see, you can't know about America if you don't know that America and the other nations of the world are being ruled by an invisible elite who have modeled their secretive occultic management principles after the Greek philosopher Plato and others. And let me just show you how wide a spectrum this covers. So there's a movie out now about the Manhattan Project and the physicist Robert Oppenheimer. And when I was a young kid, as I said, I wanted to be a scientist. So Robert Oppenheimer was one of my heroes when I was a very young kid, and I read all of his biographies <clears throat> available at the public libraries. And he was also, Robert Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb. Now, because I wanted to be a physicist, I was fascinated in third grade and second grade and so on and so forth by Robert Oppenheimer. But now I'm an adult, and my learning has accelerated, as yours has. And that's because it accelerates through usage and development and input. So I have a, a chapter in my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, entitled The Bohemian Grove and the Manhattan Project. And let me read to you what I wrote. The Bohemian Grove is situated across the Golden Gate Bridge outside of San Francisco in the mountains. I've been there physically and walked around. The Bohemian Grove is a secretive meeting place for national world leaders where occult ceremonies are conducted and world leaders where occult uh, where world leaders occult ceremonies are conducted and there is an open worship of the giant statue Moloch. Let me add that I got my posterior out of the danger zone when I was in that area. So that means I didn't intrude on the secret ceremonies. And if you ask me why, it's because I wanted to come out of there alive after I uh, uh, was, was in the area. I was very careful because I was alone. I didn't have a, a, a team with me. Now, uh, at the Bohemian Grove, you have all kinds of presidents, ex-presidents, world-famous scientists, and on and on and on. And so they conduct, they call it a mock worship of a giant statue of Moloch, or Baal, where babies are burned in effigy. 
Well, why would you burn a baby in effigy? The only way that makes rational sense is that you're hiding something. Because traditional Moloch worship, going back to the ancient Canaanites, traditional Moloch or Baal worship involved uh, the people dedicating or giving over their babies to a red-hot, heated-it-up metallic statue of Moloch or Baal, and they burned their, their babies alive. Now, that has been a practice that has gone on throughout human history. So why would the people in the Bohemian Grove, the movers and shakers of planet Earth, the elite, why would they reenact the burning of babies in a mock ceremony, in in an effigy ceremony, if it was just nothing? Well, it raises the question, is it just nothing? Or do you have like a, a public ceremony that you conduct to, to misdirect people just looking at a mock effigy ceremony of the worship of Moloch or Baal, and then somewhere else at some other location you have an actual ceremony where babies are being burned alive? I don't know, but the question has to be asked, because why would you have a mock ceremony in the first place? It, it's a question that begs to be answered. It's like the question of why did they move actual large segments of the temples of Baal worship from the Middle East, why did they move them onto the grounds of the, the mayor's house of Manhattan, New York City? They, they, they have transported these, these temples and altars of Baal worship. Why? The, the core theology of Baal worship is sacrificing babies in order to get the blessing of Baal, who represents Satan on earth. And they also sent parts of these altars of Baal and the, the, the whole structures of Baal worship to London, to the Vatican, to some other locations, and to New York City. It just begs an answer. So, um, I, I continue to write in my book, Moloch, or Molech was a pagan god written about in the history of the Old Testament. Molech was a pagan god whose pagan nations, like the Canaanites and even ancient Israel, when it was in rebellion against God, worshipped Molech. The worship of Molech involves perverse sexual orgies, as does the worship of the female goddess, Ashtaroth, um, where live human babies were placed on the hands of the statue of Molech, which were heated white-hot with fire. During the worship ceremonies, little children and babies were placed in the hands of Molech and burned alive in human sacrifice. The demonic nature of this worship begs the question, why would many so-called respectable leaders at the top of the world um, of politics, finance, culture, science, including notable American presidents and political leaders, participate in occult worship, orgies, and mock human sacrifices? Now listen carefully to what I wrote in A Prophecy of the Future of America. The Bohemian Grove was where the Manhattan Project planning took place in September of 1942, where the decision was made to create the atomic bomb. The Manhattan Project was the secret government project to develop the atomic bomb, and it was directed by the famous physicist Robert Oppenheimer. So you see the connection between high-level physics, the development of the atomic bomb, Robert Oppenheimer, and the Manhattan Project, and the occult? You see, the people who are running planet Earth and are running our nation, are very sophisticated. And they have, sadly to say, 
the Bible the Bible says that the children of of this present world are far wiser in their generation that's today than the children of light. What God is saying is this is not something he desires, but what God is saying is this that the reality is that the children of spiritual darkness, the children of Lucifer, tragically are in this temporary generation far wiser than the children of light, not because God wants it so, but because God's people, for to, to a large percentage, I can't put it any other way, are goofing off. They're backslidden. I mean, use whatever term you want to use, but their spiritual condition is supposed to be vibrant, as in an authentic biblical revival, and not stagnated, like, I'm going to live in zombie land for the rest of my life. You understand what I'm saying? So you've got to, if you want to win the game, you've got to step up your game. And that, that means me, and that means you. Never forget it. It starts with me, and it starts with you. Okay, so President Fra- I continue to write, President Franklin D. Roosevelt approved the Manhattan Project and reportedly a number of very powerful politicians and scientists like J. Robert, J. Robert Oppenheimer and others met at the Bohemian Grove before deciding to greenlight the project. Albert Einstein and J. Robert Oppenheimer, along with a team of scientists, were supposedly involved in the occult, and they were part of the research team that eventually set up operations in New Mexico to produce the atomic bomb. When Oppenheimer viewed from the distance a gigantic mushroom cloud of the atomic bomb being detonated, Oppenheimer declared, quote, I am the destroyer of worlds, which is a quote from the Hindu scriptures, the Bhagavad Gita, which I just did not pronounce correctly. So that is also I am the destroyer of worlds is a quote from the Hindu scriptures, but the destroyer of worlds is also the same goddess statue that that exists in the boardroom of the World Health Organization of the United Nations. And it's the same statue of the Hindu goddess Shiva. It's the Hindu goddess Shiva who specifically is the destroyer of worlds. And there's a giant statue of the Hindu goddess Shiva at the entrance of the uh, Urn Collider that supposedly fires subatomic particles at such an accelerated rate that it blows open a portal into other dimensions. Now, if you think that's bizarre and weird, then you need to get over it and start getting educated and step up your game. Because the same statue of Vishnu calls herself the goddess who is the destroyer of worlds, is at the desk of WHO, World Health Organization uh, of the United Nations. It's at the Hearn Collider, where a portal is opened. And J. Robert Oppenheimer calls himself, calls himself the destroyer of worlds, knowing he was quoting from Shiva in the Hindu scriptures. And he Two, brought a giant statue of the Hindu goddess Shiva, the destroyer of worlds, to the vicinity where the first atomic bomb was detonated. You see the relationship uh, uh, with occult mysticism and, the, and, and these high-powered technologies. Now, let's, let's, let's take a deep dive even further. When you analyze, and I talk about this in Power From On High, when you analyze um, things like the, the, the CERN uh, collider and other technologies, which opens a portal into a different dimension, and they have a giant 
statue of the goddess Shiva, uh, the destroyer of worlds there at CERN. Now, then when you go back to ancient Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel, and you, and you research the Tower of Babel, you understand that the words that they're using to describe ancient Babel and the Tower of Babel uh, refers to the fact that the Tower of Babel was designed to open up portals into other dimensions so that interdimensional entities or demons or fallen angels from another dimension could travel from that other dimension via the uh, uh, Tower of Babel technology and into the Earth realm dimension. So what you see here is just a brief itemized list of numerous breakthrough scientific technologies going all the way back to the Tower of Babel. And you see that the, the repeated discovery is different technologies which create detonations of explosive force. Now pay attention to the word detonations of explosive force. And they rip open portals in our physical realm dimension, which open up doorways or conduits for fallen angels or interdimensional entities to, to flow out of the unseen dimensions into our physical world dimensions. But it's always in concert with satanic or Luciferian worship, and Luciferian worship is always, and you have to really track with this, Luciferian worship is always evidenced by human or child sacrifice. Now, I need you, I don't want to sound pedantic or like a snob, but, but you need to track with me here, because the tendency for all of us, because it's so overwhelming, is to like zone out. You can't zone out here. you got to stay fixed, eyes wide open. And if you stay fixed, eyes wide open, you'll see what I'm talking about, and it'll change your life forever. That explosive force is being harnessed now with various technologies. It's whenever mankind begins to fragment and tear apart and deconstruct on a, bio a biological level, a genetic level, a DNA level, an atomic bomb level, a multidimensional level, this is always in concert with the worship of Moloch or Baal or Ashtaroth, which involves specifically the sacrifice of human babies or adults in order to open up portals of power, supernatural power, into the earth. And the result of that, now here's where you've got to stay fixed, eyes wide open. The result of that is the human or child sacrifice activates laws in the invisible realm known to Lucifer and his followers, which open the portals of demonic energy to enter the world at an accelerated rate. So that's why the Nazi scientists that were deeply involved in the occult and unleashing the Vril force, you have to look at the absolute nightmare of what happened in Nazi Germany. You have to examine it in relationship to their participation and commitment to Satanism and the occult. Then you have to recognize that the fact that they slaughtered over 30 million people in the Holocaust, Jews and others, can be seen not only as an act of genocide, 
but it has to be viewed in its full context, which is the Holocaust was also a Luciferian worship mechanism, which gave them cover for a mass human sacrifice and a mass child sacrifice evidenced by the Holocaust and the murder of over 30 million people, Jews and others. You see the relationship here. Now, let's go fast forward into our present time zone, and and let's examine things. One of the fastest growing industries globally is child sex trafficking. A disturbing percentage of child sex trafficking involves the torture and murder, and ultimately it could be argued that it's a form of child sacrifice. Is it a form of human sacrifice, the child sex trafficking industry? Is it simply a resurrection of the ancient mechanisms of human and child sacrifice practiced by pagan nations? You have to consider that in in light of the realities of, of what happens in these other environments and the relationship between the activation of Luciferian fallen angel power and human sacrifice or child sacrifice. Has to be considered at at minimum. Christians are naive, and Christians are biblically and spiritually uneducated. If they were biblically and spiritually educated, they were immediately grasped the, the, the true nature of any form of child or human sacrifice, or technological human sacrifice, or why the goddess Shiva, the destroyer of worlds, as a statue, as a precept, would be placed at key, what could be considered interdimensional portals that exist on planet Earth. I'll leave that for you to consider, and I talk about it in detail. I develop this thought with my research and Power from on high. So, which reminds me, in Power from on high, as well as the other books, but especially in Power from on high, I try to bring. It's my prayer. I try to bring, and I pray that I bring the reader's attention to this truth taught to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. He told his disciples uh, in the Book of Acts, just before he was going to ascend into heaven. Jesus Christ told his disciples that they needed to go to Jerusalem and tarry in prayer, and wait on God in prayer, until, as Jesus said, the Father, the Father God, would pour out upon them, his disciples, power from on high. Or, often the translation reads, that the disciples were commanded by Jesus Christ to go to Jerusalem, and tarry in Jerusalem, and pray in Jerusalem and wait on God in Jerusalem until God clothed them with power from on high. Okay, so power from on high is the supernatural, almighty power of God, which is the most powerful force in the universe. And Christ is telling his disciples they need this most powerful force in the universe. So when you do a study, which I give you in the book, Power from on High, of what this term actually means, power from on high, It comes from the word translation, power from on high, meaning the dunamis. And the dunamis, translated, means 
the dynamite explosive force of God. So Jesus Christ is telling his disciples in the last days that you need to go to Jerusalem and pray and tarry in Jerusalem until the Father clothes you with power from on high or until the Father pours out power from on high on your lives. And then you will receive the supernatural power from on high. So then when we dig into what power from on high actually means, which I do in my book, Power from on High, it actually means specifically the dunamis, which means the dynamite explosive power of God will be released in the lives of of the disciples. Now, that is an applicable truth for the time period we live in now. The evil one and the disciples of Lucifer all over planet Earth are erecting or resurrecting or bringing into America the altars, the the original altars of Baal worship and Molech worship from the Middle East. And what occurred at these actual altars that have been brought to places like New York City and other places, um, these are the actual altars where child sacrifice and human sacrifice was performed in the worship of Baal or Moloch at the altars of Baal. So when you go to the New York mayor's grounds in New York City, you'll see the architecture of the Temple of Baal. But if you were to reach out and touch that architecture or, or the stones, etc., it's highly likely that you're placing your physical hand on the physical location where a, a, a baby was sacrificed or a human being was sacrificed in the worship of Baal or Satan on the altars of Baal. That's like spooky and weird, beyond belief. And then you have this reemergent occultic theme leaking continually from the globalist elite. You have the, the head physicist of the Manhattan Project, which developed the atomic bomb and detonated it in New Mexico. He calls himself, in the words of the Hindu goddess Shiva, he calls himself what Shiva called herself, the destroyer of worlds. Remember, it is Satan, ultimately, who is the destroyer of worlds. So Robert Oppenheimer, when he detonated the atomic bomb, he had a statue of the goddess Shiva near where he was. And the goddess Shiva is the destroyer of worlds. And then you see the mushroom cloud detonating in the sky. And what are you looking at? Well, let let me make it easy for you. As I I go into this in detail in my book, Power from on High, what you're looking at when you see an atomic bomb being detonated, it's like the heavens are split open. And that's what causes an atomic bomb to explode. They split the atom, God's creation. And what you're doing is you're cracking open God's subatomic particle structure. And you see, it's like hell itself is belching into the sky with fiery orange and red and smoke and nuclear radiation. It is truly the unleashing of the destroyer of worlds. But then again, what is that? Ask yourself the question, what am I looking at from a multidimensional level? You are looking precisely at a demonic counterfeit version. I'm going to say it again. You are looking at precisely a demonic or satanic counterfeit version of what Jesus Christ was talking to his disciples about when he used the term power from on high or being clothed with power from on high 
which is translated from the words the dunamis, or the dynamite explosive power of God. So God is trying to, to teach his disciples, that's you and me, that we have, as part of our spiritual weapons, we have access to the dunamis, dynamite, explosive power of God that we can access by faith. Now, when you see an atomic bomb detonating, you're seeing Satan's counterfeit, which is always destructive, of God's supernatural dynamite explosive power known as the dunamis or power from on high. Then you go to who? World Health Organization, the forerunner of the one world government. And you see a giant statue of the goddess, the Hindu goddess Shiva, in their boardroom where the elite meet. And it's a, the goddess Shiva is there, and she calls herself the destroyer of worlds. Now, what came out of, or should I say, allegedly came out of the World Health Organization? What allegedly came out of that was a, uh, uh, a symbiotic relationship between the globalist elite and the release of deadly pandemics that killed who knows how many millions of people worldwide. Okay, so now you have a biological apocalypse released by people who are also acknowledging satanic destructive power and the biological explosive force, the destroyer of worlds, Shiva, of pandemics, of COVID, of other diseases that are being constructed in in secret laboratories. It's a supernatural demonic force of destruction being released. Now you go over um, to Switzerland and Sweden and, and those countries, and in those areas you see the CERN Collider. And at the entrance of their laboratory, where they crack, crack open subatomic particles and blow open portals into other dimensions, they too have a statue of the goddess Shiva, the destroyer of worlds, at the CERN laboratories where they split open the, the subatomic particles. And there, there, there was an alleged satanic sacrifice conducted at this entrance. I saw it on video. It's, it was horrific. Now, they downplayed it and said it was a mock uh, uh, satanic human sacrifice. I don't know whether it was a mock human sacrifice or a real human sacrifice. All I know is that whatever it was, it looked extremely realistic. And why was it being performed at the entrance of CERN, whether it was a mock sacrifice satanically or a real satanic sacrifice? Why the mock ceremony? They were acknowledging and trying to tap into the supernatural power of Lucifer in the same way that the Bohemian Grove occultic worship of Moloch and the, the conception of the Manhattan Project and the decision to create the atomic bomb and detonate it was birthed out of the worship of Moloch or Baal worship and Robert Oppenheimer, the physicist who calls himself the destroyer of worlds from the goddess Shiva, he is also at the Bohemian Grove, which is a global center of occultic worship. Do you see what's happening among the globalist elite? When you're, when you're looking at and talking about and dreaming about and conceiving mass destruction, the globalist elite conceive of mass destruction in the language of 
accessing supernatural, demonic, and satanic power from another dimension. That's what they're all about. They don't look at it as merely a scientific weapon. They look at it as a spiritual, satanic ritual that must be performed in order to open the gates of hell in the invisible realm and release satanic and demonic power into the earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if you don't understand what I'm saying, you will not be able to gain access supernaturally the victorious power of Jesus Christ by faith that God has given you. Jesus Christ died to give to his church, that's you, me, and any true born-again Christian. He died so that you and I, as joint heirs with Jesus, would be the recipients of the supernatural power of God known as being clothed with power from on high, or known as power from on high, or translated as power from on high, which means the dunamis, explosive, dynamite force of the Holy Spirit. What you have to understand is that God Almighty is the supreme being, and he has given to us, his church, the most powerful, supernatural, and spiritual weapons in all of the universe. He didn't give it to Satan or Satan's followers. He gave the most powerful supernatural force in all of the universe, which is the dunamis, dynamite power of God, the dynamite explosive power of God. He gave that to Christians and true, the true Christian church, so that when we're engaged in spiritual warfare with Lucifer, the fallen angels, and all those who worship uh, the Antichrist in the last days, the globalist elite and the Luciferian elite, we have, we need to know the truth because it will set us free. We have been given by God a supernatural power from God, the dunamis dynamite power of the Holy Spirit, power from on high, to use as a law-abiding and peaceful spiritual weapon that has the capacity to overwhelm the demonic powers, to overwhelm the forces of evil, to overwhelm the demonic strongholds, and to give us the true Church of Jesus Christ, the supernatural body of Christ, to give us now, if we'll receive it by faith, to give it to us now, the supernatural power to be victorious in all spiritual battles that will usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ along with the armies of heaven, which will descend upon planet Earth and descend specifically upon the Battle of Armageddon, where Jesus Christ will conquer all the rogue nations in rebellion from Christ. He will conquer Satan, the Antichrist, the false prophet, and all those who have received the mark of the beast. And then Jesus Christ, as Lord of Lords and King of Kings, will rule and reign planet Earth for a literal 1,000-year millennial period. He then will send Satan and the fallen angels and all those who followed Satan into the lake of fire, and all those whose names are written in the Book of Life uh, will be granted entrance into the new heaven, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. And the entire world will be delivered from the satanic forces of evil and the control of the Luciferians. It's, it's over. Now do you understand why every time somebody like me tries to bring up this subject, it, revolt, it, it can often result in confusion, ridiculous theological arguments, all of them that are designed all of those things are designed by Satan to erect diversions so that God's people cannot hear, see, and most importantly, receive the truth about the supernatural power of God that is available to them now 
by faith in the Word of God. Now, I need you to pass this information on to people. Spread the teachings of the books like Power from on High to spread and join our e-blast, our social media pages, to pray for us, to ask the Lord how you can help us financially, and then whatever the Lord puts on your heart in terms of giving a donation or a contribution or a gift, simply radically obey the Lord. And as you step out on faith, obeying the Lord, when He speaks to you, that will amplify your ability to hear from the Lord. And then, again, according to your faithfulness, God will be faithful to you. And you will discover that behind the law of of sowing and reaping is a supernatural blessing from God. But you've got to walk in it. You see, we defeat the powers of darkness in the world today not by trying to use worldly weapons, not by imitating the worldly weapons of the world system. We defeat the powers of darkness in the world today by choosing to use, by faith, the weapons of our warfare that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So when it comes to economics, we don't operate according to the world system. Yes, we're diligent. Yes, we're accountable. But we access, by faith, the supernatural supply of God because we become channels. We've chosen to become channels of God's blessing and God's financing of the things He wants done on the earth. So God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. 